This is a podcast from the Business Times. Singapore shares began the week on an encouraging note, taking the cue from Wall Street's rally last Friday on October 28, and optimism across most key bourses in the region. The Straits Times Index rose 1.1% to 3,093.11 points. Japan's manufacturing activity grew at its slowest pace in 21 months in October, on market declines in output and overall new orders. The Nikkei shrugged off the data, closing in the green up 0.3% on Tuesday. At the midweek, late buying after spending all day in the red saw the STI close 0.3% up to settle at 3,141.13 points, logging its seventh straight day of gains. And on Thursday, Asian markets sank into the red after the Federal Reserve hiked interest rates on Wednesday, unveiling a fourth straight 75 basis point increase. It's November 4th, the first Friday of a new month. Welcome to Market Focus, a weekly look at market drivers and movements from the Business Times. I'm podcast editor Clarissa Montero. Singapore stocks rose this morning despite retreats in global markets opening up 0.2% to 3,108.21 points. Here's Candice Lee, research analyst at SGX Securities with her wrap of the week. In the week to date, the STI gained 1.5% in price returns, in line with the 1% gains by the regional FTSE APEC index. On the other hand, the S&P 500 dipped 4.6% this week. As expected, the US Fed Fund's rate was hiked 75 basis points to the 3.75 to 4% bent. The Fed hinted that the December FOMC meeting could see a lesser rate hike, resulting in growing expectations of a 50 basis point hike next month. This saw the US 10-year yields marginally up to 4.06%, with the US dollar index back above the 112 handle. Looking back in the Singapore market, Outperformers for the first four sessions of the week for companies with a market cap of at least 500 million Singapore dollars were Hotel Grand Central, China Everbright Water, and Riverstone Holdings. On the other hand, underperformers for the week were led by Southern Alliance Mining, Manulife US REIT, and Container Holdings. In terms of institutional fund flows in Singapore, across the last five sessions through to 3rd November, we observed net institutional fund inflows of 290 million Singapore dollars. By sector, the highest inflows were seen across financial services at 138 million, followed by industrials at 60 million Singapore dollars and REITs at 30 million. On the other hand, energy, consumer cyclicals, and materials were the only sectors with net institutional outflows totaling 1.3 million. Despite net institutional outflows in the energy sector, Brent crude oil was traded back above 95 US dollars a barrel midweek, which saw upstream oil plays Rex International and RH Petrogas generate respective gains of 4% and 9% over the first four sessions of the week. Upstream thermal coal play Dual Energy added 3% and Golden Energy Resources declined 1%. Senior correspondent Anita Gabriel has further insights from the Business Times. Asian markets were on tenterhooks for the first half of the week, ahead of a pivotal decision by the US Federal Reserve. And since Thursday, the post-Fed hangover has possessed the markets as they continued to unpack the implication of the Fed's remarks. As expected, the Fed hiked rates by 75 basis points overnight Wednesday, its fourth straight jumbo hike to tame scorching inflation. But the central bank's body language fell short of the market's dovish expectations, or rather hopes. 
the Fed reiterated guidance that further tightening would be appropriate and that it was premature to think about pausing rate hikes. However, the central bank also implicitly acknowledged that policy is in restrictive territory to return inflation to 2% over time. The half-net dovish and half-net hawkish remarks spooked traders and sparked a rout in Asian markets on Thursday. The MSCI's broadest index of Asia-Pacific shares outside Japan tumbled 1.8%. Over the first half of the week, Asian markets fared mixed due to a variety of reasons. A potential and long-awaited reopening of China helped boost trading sentiments, particularly in China's indices. This, in turn, also bolstered the commodities complex from crude oil to base metals. News of the reopening was triggered by an unverified rumor on social media about a full economic reopening in March next year and has yet to be confirmed by the authorities. With that, the enthusiasm in markets waned quickly enough. Caution also set in following the latest figures out of China that showed services activity contracted again in October as pandemic curbs continue to hurt businesses and consumption. Regional Purchasing Managers Index, a gauge on economic activity, including in Singapore, were discouraging, indicating some softening in the recovery momentum from the pandemic owing to global macro headwinds. Noteworthy is that retail sales appear to be holding up in the region. Gold edged higher over the week on latest data from the World Gold Council that showed central banks have stepped up the buying of the bullion significantly over the third quarter. But the precious metal could be in trouble here with a strengthening dollar in the Fed aftermath. Crude oil prices trended upwards, supported by the revised forecast by the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries with promising future outlook for demand of crude oil in 2023. Oil prices have slumped of late, however, due to recession fears that could hurt energy demand. The tightening trajectory continues as central banks in Hong Kong, Australia, Malaysia and the Philippines hiked rates over the week to combat inflation. The Bank of England also stepped up the pace of rate hikes, for good reason too. While Indonesia's inflation eased in October, it remained above the central bank's target range for the fifth straight month. South Korea's inflation data ticked up, boosting the case for more tightening. Still to come, we take a closer look at macroeconomic and company-focused news and drivers with Candace Lee and Anita Gabriel. The Business Times' future of finance is focused on the digital economy. Taking a closer look at topics around acceleration of digital forms of banking both retail and wholesale, insurance, crypto, and how the pandemic has changed the needs of banking and investing. We speak with leaders in the banking industry to get their take on digitalization, the banking industry, tokenization, scaling transaction banking and more. Join us and hear from the experts for this fascinating look at the digitalization and transformational journey of finance whether you are a business or an individual. The Business Times Future of Finance Podcast. Episode 1 out on Thursday, November 10th. We'll be speaking with Cheyenne Hazer, Chief Digital Officer ASEAN, HSBC Singapore about digital transformation as it pertains to business transformation. 
Listen at bt.sg slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, back to market focus from the Business Times. Candice Deputy Prime Minister Lawrence Wong announced on Wednesday that the Monetary Authority of Singapore will provide a third tranche of funding for the financial sector technology and innovation scheme, with a fresh commitment of 150 million Singapore dollars for the next three years. MAS introduced the FSTI scheme in 2015 and has provided two rounds of funding, totaling 300 million Singapore dollars. What other notable news is there for investors to consider for the week ahead? In a recent interview, Managing Director of the Monetary Authority of Singapore, Ravi Menon, noted new money inflows to Singapore jumped 59% to a record high of 448 billion Singapore dollars in 2021. That is three quarters of Singapore's nominal GDP. Singapore continues to strengthen its position as an international wealth hub as assets managed by local firms soared 16% in 2021 to 4 trillion US dollars, mostly from overseas and exceeding the global growth rate. Singapore's overall factory activity sank further in October as global economic headwinds continued to hit manufacturing sentiments in the region. PMI dropped a further 0.2 point to post a second straight month of contraction at 49.7 in October. This was attributed to a faster contraction in the key indices of new orders, factory output and inventory. While global trade surprised with its resilience in 2020, the recent impact of several factors such as higher input prices from global inflation, tighter monetary policy in the West, the China growth slowdown and downturn in the global electronics industry has led to a slowdown of the electronics cluster this year which contributes to 40% of Singapore's industrial production. According to the Urban Redevelopment Authority, Singapore's private home prices rose at a slower pace of 3.8% in the third quarter of this year, after a strong second quarter. It was largely driven by the prices of non-landed homes across Singapore, which went up 4.4% this quarter. Non-landed home prices in the core central region rose by 2.3%, compared to 1.9% in the previous quarter. The first four sessions of the week saw the APEC Realty share price at 5%, while Propnex added 2%. Candice, let's turn to company-focused information. Give us some highlights. In this update, DBS reported that third-quarter net profit increased 32% year-on-year to $2.24 billion Singapore dollars, while return on equity reached 16.3%, both at new highs. Asset quality remained resilient and the non-performing loan ratio was reduced from 1.3% in the previous quarter to 1.2% in this quarter. Third quarter net interest income was up 23% with customer loans up 1% quarter-on-quarter, translating to a 6% increase year-on-year. DBS CEO noted that the loan pipeline could also reach mid-single-digit growth in 2023, with some possible moderation in momentum in the fourth quarter this year due to lower onshore borrowing costs in China. Comfort Delgro-led consortium has been awarded tenders by the Land Transport Authority to install at least 12,000 EV charging points in 2,000 public car parks across Singapore. This is the second such tender won by the consortium following the pilot tender for EV charging infrastructure that was awarded in September last year. Two-thirds of the 479 charging points from the first tender have been deployed, with the remaining on track to be deployed in the next few months. 
for the first four sessions of the week, ComfortDelGro outpaced the broader market with a 5% price gain. Wilma International provided a financial summary after the Friday 28th October close, which marked its third consecutive record quarter result in 2022. Core net profit for the third quarter surged 38% year-on-year. With that, its share price rallied from $3.60 to $3.88 on Monday. Its trading turnover doubled during the period, while also drawing close to $70 million in net fund inflows. The first four sessions of the week saw Wilma rally 9%. Following the above exceptional results, Wilma's chairman and CEO, Kwok Kun Hong, also increased his deemed interest in the stock from 12.94% to 12.95%. Wilma International's record results were reported to be driven by good performance across all core segments. This brought the group core net profit to 1.95 billion US dollars for the first nine months of 2022, up 49% year-on-year. Bilma operates an integrated agribusiness model that encompasses the entire value chain of the agricultural commodity business. Among the Singapore stocks currently listed for trading, Wilma ranks among the 10 stocks that have seen the largest net fund flows this year, marginally ahead of another non-cyclical consumer play, the Xingqiong Group. However, Wilma maintains a market value which is 10 times that of Xingqiong Group. And thus, Wilma also ranks inside the top 10 stocks by trading turnover this year, while Xingqiong Group ranks among the top 50 trader stocks. After the Thursday close, Estet Global reported a 55% year-on-year growth in revenue to 607 million Singapore dollars and a 34% year-on-year increase in net profit to 63.7 million Singapore dollars for the nine months ending 30th September. The company noted that the revenue growth from IoT devices and data communication products were aided by the efficient coordination of components availability, execution and delivery of customer orders at the group's manufacturing facility in Dongguan and Johor. The stock also outpaced over the first four sessions of this week with a 5% gain. Anita, what are we looking at for the week ahead? Key data to watch out for out of US, the world's largest economy, is the consumer inflation next Thursday. China and Taiwan will release trade data next week, while Indonesia and the Philippines will report third quarter GDP figures. Beyond economic data, the US midterms on November 8 are the next major risk event. This has been Markets Focus from the Business Times. I'm Clarissa Montero with Candice Lee, Research Analyst at SGX Securities, and Anita Gabriel, Senior Correspondent with the Business Times News Desk. That was a podcast from the Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast, or via the Google Voice Assistant Amazon-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3 you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.